And we're starting. And we're starting. It's the Media Vote Podcast. Yeah, it is. Hi, it's the Media Vote Podcast. If you don't know what we are, we are a podcast that's dedicated to bringing you news about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. You did that on purpose. I did. Today is Wednesday, February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. So, so it's Galentine's Day? All you guys out there are... Whoever you may be, uh, enjoy tomorrow uh, with a with a significant other, or or just treat yourself. You know that's also a good use for the day. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's the thirteenth. This is episode one hundred sixty-two. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We go live Wednesdays. If you'd like to tune in and chat with us, yeah, just go to uh, YouTube, search Media Book Podcast, and you'll find our page. Yep. Uh, if you want to do that, but uh, let's get rolling right into it. We have a bit, a bunch of stuff to cover. We got a bunch of thoughts. Yes, we have things. one of each. One of each thoughts, actually. Yeah, we have things to talk yeah. about. So let's get started with movies, and we always start movies with the weekend box office number. So last week I predicted Lego Movie, the family film, would win out. And you predicted correctly. Turns out your number one movie is indeed Lego Movie Two, at number one with a thirty-four million dollar debut. Uh, to put that in perspective, the first Lego movie, Lego Movie 1, I guess, uh, made $72 million in so, its opening weekend. Yeah, diminishing returns, turns yeah. out. Uh, but it was um, a busier uh, time of year this year than I think than it was when the first one came out. Uh, so yeah, it's not that scary. It will make its move, money eventually. We, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit here. But yes, we saw it. Uh, we have both seen this movie, so we'll talk about it a little later. First, though, let's recap the rest of this top five. Next up, What Men Want, coming in at number two. Uh, only $18 million, just about half of what Lego Movie did. Um, so What Men Want is to not see this film. Probably. <laughs> Um, doesn't seem like a lot of people are enjoying it either. Uh, but yeah, low low returns for its debut. Number three, Cold Pursuit with $11 million. Mm-hmm. Is that the Liam Neeson taking in the snow that's not the gray? Yeah. Number four, The Upside with another $7 million. That's at 85 domestic right now. And then wrapping up your top five, Glass with another $6.2 million. That thing's at 98, so right under 100 million. Yeah. Which is big. Yeah. Like, it'll make it, but it won't make it quickly. <laughs> it won't, definitely won't make it quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, those are your top five. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about Lego Movie now? Get this, uh, get some energy in, in this podcast? Get, get some thoughts going? Feel very, very uh, NPR right Yeah, now. yeah, we are very NPR. We're not. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let, let, let's inject let's some. Some uh, thoughts into this thing. Let's talk about the Lego Movie 2, the second part. Alright. Lego the Movie... The name th- of this movie. Yes. <laughs> okay. So going into this, uh, we are fans, uh, as we've said before, of the first Lego Movie. We are specifically fans of Phil Lord and Chris Miller. This is also true. Who wrote, uh, the fir- wrote and directed the first Lego Movie. Yes. They only wrote uh, the Lego Movie Part 2. Yeah, that's true, uh, which is uh, in uh, line with the last two of the Lego franchise, because you had Lego Batman, mm-hmm. uh, which was also not directed by them. And you no, also but they had got story, story not credit. screenplay. Yes. 
Um, and then the Ninjago, which Ninjago. they also got story and not yeah. credit. So yeah, it's like not necessarily their completely their series, but they're involved in each of these. They are executive producers on these Lego projects, right? So you saw all of these movies, yes? And it seemed like they got slightly like not worse, but slightly less fun as it went on. Like the Ninjago, you said it has moments, but generally speaking, it wasn't didn't rise up to the, the echelon of those first two. Well, considering the first one was a literal breakout hit out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. And then coming off of that was Batman, which was a solid franchise yeah. already as That's a true. Batman franchise. And then you throw in the, all the Lego stuff with it. It turned out to be a really well good film. You liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Batman one was, was alright. And then I saw Ninjago, and I was... Well, I did like I, like you said, I did like its parts. The parts did not qualify for the sum of its whole. You like those bricks, but you didn't like what the the spaceships that the bricks made. Yes, <laughs> I liked its parts, but not yeah, but but not the house it built. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, the first one I think one of those reasons why it worked so well was because, like you said, it was a big surprise. Mm-hmm. It, no one expected it to be that good. And it was pretty amazing. Well, you, so, when you start with zero expectations, it's easy to go up. Right. But at the Lego Movie Part 2 shows, when you have such high expectations, it's really easy to not meet them. So, yeah, the thing about the Lego Movie 2 is that, yeah, it's like if it wasn't for that first movie being such a big surprise and being executed as well as it was, I think that this one would have been just as beloved. There are definitely elements in there that really resonate with me from the first Lego movie. Yeah. But they just weren't as often or as impactful, I feel. So, yeah, okay. So, what we're, what we're kind of beating around the bush around is that, yeah, this one, not as good. Like, let's get, that ahead, like, get ahead of that conversation. Okay. Lego movie part two is not as good as the first part. But that, you know, it's a sequel. Most sequels, if you're not Spider-Man 2, are going to be worse than the first one. It's just, that's how stories work. You're introduced to something, it's more of a surprise, it's more novel. And when it comes around to, like, revisit the same characters, it's not as fun. Because you already know these characters, you already know what kind of things are going to happen to them. You've already been through this journey. They've already had a character arc you've seen. They do make a pretty good effort in this movie to keep surprising you though yes i think i i think the story does takes you to places that you do not expect at the beginning uh there's some uh revelations that it managed to pull out pull off in a manner of which that we saw in the first one but kind of different but it does kind of follow the same beats that the first movie story did yeah it's like here we're going to like, like establish the uh, current state of all your characters. We're going to screw that up and then have, like, a jump forward in time. We're going to establish this background thing that's happening at the same time that will be important at the end. And then have the two worlds converge at the end. They do the same thing in this one. Mm-hmm. Note for note. Um, but this time, it's not the characters, like, that are the, the thing grabbing you. Because you already know all the characters. And so there's and less to hang on to. Not only that, but you already know the twist from the first one, 
which is it's being played in a house. Right. A real life house. To, yeah. I was not trying to... Sorry, spoiler alert. Because that's the thing is that, yeah. yeah. I, okay, well, since you said it, then I guess we could do that. I was trying to not spoil that. I'm sorry. The movie's been out in for four years. <laughs> yeah. The no, original. No, obviously, that's what happens in the first one. Yes. But I didn't want to spoil that that happens again here. Um... Because that was one of the things, like the questions I had about this movie before it, before it came out. Like the trailers didn't give you any hints about that kind of thing. So yeah, I was genuinely like surprised to be like, oh okay, they are wrapping in the human family into this as well. Uh, and the way they do it, I think, is really really good. And I mm-hmm. think it's it touches on um, a piece of that story that the first one didn't in a way that resonated with me. And presumably you, as someone who grew up with a sibling, yes, and had to um, had to share toys and ex- like play experiences with, right? Share. Well, at least I did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's like yeah. it, it does that really, really well. I thought, and like I think overall, it it takes a while for it to get to an emotional core. Yeah, but the fact that it even gets there. Is good because I was worried that that it was not going to happen at all. Okay, so speaking of stuff yeah. we're worrying about in this film, <laughs> in the very like for the first half of this film, I was super worried that they basically gave this thing no budget, as Chris Pratt voiced two characters, <laughs> and basically was just him talking to himself for like a good chunk of the film. Yeah. So it's like, did they not stretch for the extra characters? Or the extra pieces, or the extra voice actors, because there are ancillary voice actors in this thing besides like your main four, but their lines are very few, very few, <laughs> and far between. I didn't have a problem with that. I thought it was like pretty. It was economical. Is the way I saw it. It was like, well, do we really need anybody new? Do we really need that many new characters? Do we really need that many new like? elements to this plot that we already have like it didn't seem like it needed anything else they had the two like new characters and one yes as you mentioned is voiced by chris pratt but the other one tiffany haddish's character is pretty great and like i think that the new stuff is works well enough that you didn't need more of it i think that the story that they were telling is a is is yeah smaller in scale i guess you could say it doesn't need all the celebrity voices and you still get those celebrity voices whenever like they visit like one like your superman or like your 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 other kind of town characters your your dc characters your town characters your your cameo characters right like they, they, they don't need as many as they did the first time because you're not establishing the world of legos the story is not about the entire world of Legos this time. The story mm-hmm. is specifically about him, uh, Emmett and his friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad that, that's the, that, that they did it that way. Because you can't... like One of the problems with movies these days, especially like big... Not necessarily just action movies, but like these kind of blockbuster movies. You can't have the world in peril every single time. <laughs> because otherwise people stop caring. Right. So yeah, I think it was really smart for them to be like, no, let's focus in what would specifically Emmett's like biggest fear be? Losing his friends. Yeah, exactly. And that's what happens. And that that's that that's what's at risk. It's mm-hmm. like they focused in and uh one of the things I thought that the, the and I was surprised that the movie tackled at all that I thought they did really well 
uh, was kind of this this rebuttal almost to the message of the first movie about growing up or not growing up. Uh, well, I mean that's mostly new. Um, what I'm referring to mostly is like the like the the end of that first movie was very of its time. <laughs> Which was like, yeah, like everybody, uh, like we could, when we work together, it all works out and everything's great now. Like everything is everything awesome. Turns out is awesome. But in that movie and and this movie is clearly something written within the last two years. Yeah, and you can tell because the tone has changed. Where it's like now, like the movie felt like it was important to address the fact. No, it's great to be idealistic, but not when it's harmful. Let's tone it back like a little bit. Let's refocus and be like, you can try, and you should still keep trying. But no, it's not always going to be awesome. And like, I think that's a really important message that I think it did pretty well. Like I said, I think there's a lot of strengths here, and I think that it does a lot of things really well. It's just the problem is it has to follow the Lego Movie. Yeah, and there's no changing that. Well, they tried to change it by introducing some music and a lot of music. <laughs> I think this is a musical. <laughs> it's partially a musical. And the movie comments on that, too. Yeah. It's not, no, it's not wall-to-wall music, although there are, are enough songs in it to make a soundtrack, which may be what they were going for. Uh, but yeah, the Tiffany Haddish character specifically breaks has, out the song twice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, the the... It's almost, almost part of this movie almost works up works as a follow up to the Lego Batman movie in a yeah. weird way. They focus an awful lot on the Batman character, which I was not anticipating. Uh, I was I wasn't looking forward to that as much, but yeah, Batman was a breakout character from the first Lego movie. In fact, so much that he had his own stand up Lego film. And they actually comment on that happening. So, I guess they are all interconnected then. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they, they, it's in the same universe. I mean, they, there's a re- few really good jokes where they're like, Oh, yeah, like, where's Batman? Oh, he went on his own standalone adventure. <laughs> I thought that was cute. It's like, okay, so they're, they're acknowledging the existence of this other movie in the yeah. Lego canon, which is fun. And... Yeah, I feel like the stuff with Alfred, that wasn't in the first one. No. So the fact that they brought in that dynamic was, yeah. is a direct reference to the, 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 the Batman one. So, But yeah, um, I guess the other thing I should mention, though, is like the script is just as funny. Like, There's not as many great jokes, but there are enough good jokes peppered through the whole mm-hmm. thing that you remember, oh yeah, this is... This is Lord Miller. This is, like, you yeah. can tell. You can tell. Like, the whole time. They, they make really good funnies. They make funnies. <laughs> they make funnies. But yeah. it's it's just that it follows the Lego yeah. movie. It's That's, hard. It's hard. It's hard to talk about this thing, but, uh, I mean, it's an easy recommend, at least. Yeah, you can I usually can, recommend this thing. Like, but. it's not going to blow your mind. This isn't going to be... Uh, Wow, you have to rush out to see this. Yeah. But you will definitely enjoy your time watching it. Yeah, and this is not going to be a... And watching the credits are fun, too. Right. Oh, yeah, the credits are fun. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, this is not going to be a uh, a competitor for Best Animated Feature next year. Like, the first one probably should have been. It should wasn't. have been, yeah. Uh, this is not that. This is not going to compete with the likes of stuff like Frozen 2, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little later. Yeah. Uh, um, but, but yeah, it's not quite to that, that upper level. 
but it's fun. It's a fun night at the movies if you want to go see something funny and something that your kids will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I I would give it a go see it anyways because I I, I think that it's not a waste of money. Well, other than that, there is no real family film out there right now. Right. So, congratulations, Lego Movie. You're going to suck up all that money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Do you have anything else to say about it before we move on? Mm, no, I think we covered a lot a lot of <laughs> topics on it. Yeah. There's, there's probably more to talk about. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good recommend. It's good to go see it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's all move right. on then. Did you see any other movies before we uh, before we keep trucking on into news? Other movies? No, but no. the Mister Rogers uh, documentary, yeah, which was my best film of last year, yes. which would be my neighbor, is currently available on HBO on demand. Cool. Uh, so watch it if you can. Okay, good to know. I saw a movie. You did. I'll be brief, though, because you've already talked about it on the podcast. What'd you see? I saw a uh, current Best Picture favorite, Roma. Oh, yeah. I felt like it was my duty to do it since it was on Netflix, and it's free. And, like, I'm, Well, not free, but you know what I mean. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's very available, available. And like I probably should going into uh, the Oscar predictions, which we're going to do. So I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh think everything that you said a few weeks back when you talked about it is is accurate it's a director's movie it's a cinematographer's movie mm-hmm. it's like those two things are stellar throughout it's like the whole time i was just amazed at the the kind of shots that they were setting up just alfonso Cuarón's eye for like what what matters here in these scenes like what am i focusing on and just like everything looks beautiful the black and white cinematography is like second to none like the the acting is really really good. I think that ultimately I don't think it'll. I think the the lead actress will probably not win, but she does a stellar job. Yeah. Like I think the stuff uh, towards the end of the film, where she goes through some shit, um, <laughs> yeah. is kind of amazing. That a, like a person, like is doing it. Like I kept having that. You know, uh, I don't know if this is how you are with some of these movies, but like, have you like like that moment where you're like. Man, how the hell did they set all of this up? Oh, no, I've had that while watching Roma because I'll notice the long takes. I'm like, you have to set this up from way back there to figure out all the way up here. Oh, even even stuff as low-key as we're going to have this character drive into town. Yeah. They do enough stuff in the background and enough stuff where I'm like, okay, surely he had to have set all of this up and it had to be timed perfectly for this to work like it does. And somehow it just seems so effortless. Mm-hmm. It seems so fly on the wall when you know that it probably took forever to do. And it's just that kind of effortless filmmaking. He's got to win Best It's director. why it, oh, he's, he has to. He's favored for Best Director. Thing is, and Roma is favored for Best Picture since it's nominated. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, after seeing it, yeah, I, I agree with all everything you had to say about it. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a hard thing to recommend, though, is what I'm finding. Oh yeah, because a lot of people that talk I talk to about it are like that does that sounds boring. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a film schooly movie. It is. It's definitely it's definitely an academy. Film. Like I dropped when I was talking to someone about it, I literally dropped the term uh, dropped the the term uh, uh, Italian neorealism. <laughs> they literally said what? what? I'm like, sorry, I went to film school, <laughs> but it's very that. It is. It's very in debt to your, 
your uh, your that kind of era of cinema for sure, and the, it does it really really well. Uh, but yeah, anyways, let's move on. Speaking of Roma and awards, yes. well, before we move on to news, though, we have upcoming releases for this weekend. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we do not because yeah. these films do not come out on Friday. They come, come out, out today. 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 Today? Today. These are Valentine's Day releases. All right. Well, we still got to talk about them. So yes. here they are. First up, if you want a horror movie, Happy Death Day to You is out. Or you can save your money and watch Russian Doll on Netflix, which we'll talk about in TV. I think those things are pretty different, actually. No, they kind of are, but I think... We'll, well, I'll talk about Russian Doll, but yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, 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 I watched the pilot to that as well, so I can talk about it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Happy Death Day to You. I have a feeling you. we're going to have differing is, opinions on that thing. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Happy Death Day to You is a sequel to Happy Death Day. Yes. Comma to You. But if you want to see something a little more uh, closer to the holiday, uh, Isn't It Romantic? That is the Rebel Wilson... Um, I've been... I'm stuck in a romantic comedy. Now what? Movie. This is the cliche of all cliches where a girl hits her head and she's stuck in a romantic yeah. comedy. The only thing is, is like I feel like this concept has should have been done already. Like, wasn't Valentine's how, Day the, this concept? No, because it wasn't. Because this is very clearly like a being John Malkovich kind of like fourth wall breaking kind of thing. Yeah, it definitely this is not like Valentine's Day where it's like, no, these are just vignettes. This is, no, this is a character who is living a normal life and... Well, normal for movie standards. Normal. And is somehow ends up in a romantic comedy movie that is very clearly a cliche-ridden film. And so, like, I feel like this should have happened 20 years ago. <laughs> How did they not already make this movie? It just, that blows my mind. I think it's because someone saw, read the script and was like, this is too cliche to be maybe, made. Maybe. But if you want something completely different, so if you, you like your eyes and you like your eyes big... Then I have a movie for you. Alita Battle Angel. Alita Colon Battle Angel. Yes. Which is... This is Lightstrom. This is... Freaking weird looking. Uh, it, it is looks Is James weird. Cameron directing this or producing no, this? No, no. James Cameron is producing, producing this. Producing this. Okay. Uh, Mr. Rodriguez is directing this. Mr.? Yes. Do you have Do you have a name? The Spy Kids guy. Robert Rodriguez? Yeah, Mr. Rodriguez. Mr. Rodriguez. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Rodriguez. <laughs> yes, Robert Rodriguez. Yes, Robert Rodriguez is directing yeah, this. Yeah, this looks weird. This looks like nothing I ever want to see. But it is from Lightstrom, so it is uh, the same studio that brought you Avatar. Sure. As if the trailers did not give that away. I know. They really made that clear. Oh, they really made that clear. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this thing. Um, yeah, so... Um, the first trailer that came out for this film had huge eyes, and then James Cameron basically went in and dialed them back. They still look too big. And they still look big. They still look too big. I'm sorry. Yes. But this will star Academy Award winning, or upcoming Academy Award winner, Mahershala <laughs> Ali. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to win. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, somebody wants to see this movie, but it's not. Uh, they're not in this room. Let's move on. Now. I'm curious about that film. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, like, $14 curious. Yeah, I don't want to see any of these I may be $6 curious to watch it. Maybe $6. But yeah, no, I don't want to see any of these movies, right. to be honest. <laughs> All right, let's move on to news. As you mentioned, our first story does involve Roma, because we're taking a trip to England, jolly old England, to talk yep. about the Baptists. Yes. 
where Bradley Cooper was present and not Lady Gaga. Exactly. The BAFTAs are uh, the UK's equivalent to the Oscars. They're the closest, I guess, analog, you could say. Yes. Uh, yeah, some movies won some stuff. Roma won big, uh, won best film and foreign language film and director and cinematography. It won, it did the, 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 the quadruple hat trick. Uh, one of all. Yep. So, cool. Uh, so, that just adds to Roma's trophy shelf. If yeah. they had a trophy shelf. And it makes it continue, <laughs> continues to make it the favorite the, for Best Picture. Yes, which we're going to talk about a lot. Um, yes. When the Academy... I guess next week. We have to make our predictions next week, then. Yeah, uh, we'll have to do our prediction podcast next week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll figure that out. Uh, then also, in winners, the favorite won seven awards, including Best British Film... Original screenplay and both actress awards. So, yes, for Olivia Coleman for best actress and Rachel Weiss for supporting. Yes, so the actress showed up for that one. Yep, uh, that that actually those actress noms and wins fall in line yeah. with pretty much everything else that's been uh, yes. been awarded. Rami Malek won for Bohemian Rhapsody and Mahershala Ali won for supporting for Green Book. Those are also also all favorites. favorites to win. And Star is Born won for original music, which is uh, its own category, I guess, at the BAFTAs. They don't do song, they just do yeah. music. And Letitia Wright won the Rising Star Award. Letitia Wright of Upcoming Us. Also, she was in uh, Black Panther. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, she was Shuri, right. by the way. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, like you said, uh, kind of just further proof that these are your favorites. Like, these are the ones to beat. The only uh, slight uh, differ, thing, place that this differs is in the uh, female actor, actress categories. Uh, because the, the, the favorites have not been the favorites in this category. Right, uh, that, so that has been uh, Glenn Close. Glenn Close, who probably was not nominated in these awards. Probably not. If I had to guess. So yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll be keeping an eye on those, for sure. Yep. Uh, and uh, Spider-Man continued its win in yes. animated category as it is well deserved yeah that was a, <laughs> another thing i was going to say about lego it's also unfortunate that this is the that this has to follow spider-man as major like as a major animated release because yeah it's in a different league it is <laughs> it's hard it's a hard act to follow that movie because that movie is insane uh okay uh, well speaking of stuff that's insane yeah i guess you could say that the sequel to the long delay, uh, the long delayed sequel, I guess you could say, to World War Z. Yes, over there at the Paramount lot. Can now be laid to rest. Paramount's officially pulling the plug. Goodbye, World War Z two. So, are they putting? They're uh, uh, they're not Walking Dead. It. No, yeah, it's it's dead, but it's, it's not. It's walking. dead, but it's not Walking. <laughs> Uh, the film budget was a major source of issue, as director David Fincher was looking for less than $200 million, but Paramount just greenlit Mission Impossible 7 and 8. As so, we reported last week. So much for that. Uh, that $200 million <laughs> figure comes from the budget of the first World War Z movie. Right. Which I guess I can now say the only World War Z yes, movie. Yes, the only World War Z movie. Uh, producer and star Brad Pitt bought, uh, brought Fincher on... Back in 2016, and a script from Utopia series creator Dennis Kelly. First film was released back in 2013, and while the sequel was originally planned for 2016, it was then moved to summer 2019, and then now is officially cut. 
So, yep. fans of the first movie? Do they exist? Fans of the book, I guess you want to go with? Yes, I don't sure. think that's what you're looking for? Yeah, I don't think anybody cares at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is smart. I think the zombie movie rush probably ended around at the time that this movie was supposed to come out. The fact that so. The Walking Dead's ratings have dropped significantly even since yeah. 2013. It's just not a good time for a zombie movie. I don't think we care anymore. Yeah. It was very much like zombie fiction was very like popular back when we were doing okay. <laughs> now the world is a zombie like movie yes. in a lot of ways. So no one wants to see that on a movie theater. But anyways. Those are your uh, news stories this week. Um, well, there's one last one in our thoughts here. Frozen 2 trailer came out yeah. today. We should talk about that. That hit today, so we didn't plan ahead of time. But no, yeah, it's but, a teaser trailer. Uh, it's very brief. Uh, it doesn't say a whole lot about what uh, what this movie is going to be about, but it definitely looks like it's more action-focused than the first one. They definitely took a lot of water physics from Moana, that's, that's for sure. That's true, too. So essentially, yeah, you have Elsa... Looking like she's trying to either traverse over water or maybe conquer a fear of water by using her ice powers against the waves. Or just trying to strengthen her power. Yeah, something like that. Then you also have clips of, uh, of Anna having her own kind of adventure, climbing things, fighting things. And a bunch of reindeer and Olaf's there. And then it seems like there's an overall theme of autumn, as that there was a lot of fall leaves and a yes. lot of that kind of color. Like a lot of the browns and the oranges mm-hmm. you associate with fall. So. They're working backwards in time here. Yeah. I have no idea what this movie is about, but it's compelling what they've shown so far. Anna does this badass thing with the sword at the end, and I'm like, what the. What is happening? What is this movie? I don't know, but it definitely <laughs> wasn't in Kingdom Hearts. No, but it looked like it could have been. Like, that's the. Like, it, it's just a completely different vibe than the first one. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with that thing, but I, col- color me interested. I, I believe they're just going to make a lot of money with that thing. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Which, um, which, by the way, Dizzy itself is going to make a ton of money this year. Yeah. They have Frozen 2, Avengers Endgame, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Two other Marvel films. They're chock full. Oh, and by the way, there's three Disney remakes coming yeah, out. Yeah, it, it is a big, big thing. I guess here's also where we should briefly mention Oh, don't that, forget that Toy Aladdin. Story 4. That too. But we yeah. should briefly mention before we move on to television about that um, Aladdin commercial. Uh, so, they showed the genie. They showed the genie. And the internet went crazy. The Will Smith genie looks exactly like you think he would. Except the internet doesn't like it. Except apparently the internet doesn't care because they think it looks weird. I think it looks fine. It's, it's fine. It's if Will Smith was a blue genie. Yeah. That's what they gave you, and that's what it is. Well, put it this way. If they just put Will Smith in the genie outfit, they could say he's a genie, but then everyone will be like, no, he's not the genie, the genie's blue. So, they gave him blue genie. And the internet is like, no, that's not what I meant. There's <laughs> <laughs> a blue genie. Yeah, I don't know. It looks fine. I don't know what I, how I feel about the Aladdin movie. At least it seems like uh, with costumes and like kind of set accoutrement, it looks like they're at least trying to be a little bit more um, authentic to the culture that they're representing, yep. which is good. It's not like they just took the designs from the animated film and just put them live action instead it looks like they're actually being like what would an indian princess have looked like in this era and that oh, they replicate that so they're not just gonna beauty and the beast this thing by no. making it shot for shot 
No, and that's probably a good thing because that's a lot harder when you're dealing with something so specific that's not necessarily based on a uh, fairy tale in the same way. Mm-hmm. That this is something that's like, no, these are these are uh, is a real culture we're trying to present here. If anything, this actually gives me more hope for the Mulan action. Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If they they pull this out, then uh, then Mulan. Pull I thought off. Mulan was supposed to happen before all this. No. My, that was my idea. It got pushed. It got, they, they swapped yeah, them. Yeah, they swapped them. Yeah. Weird. Uh, anything else in Movieville before we move on to television? Uh, the As we mentioned, the Academy Awards are two weeks away. Yes, we will. Uh, like I said, we will be doing a separate podcast for our predictions. So look forward to that in the coming weeks. Next up, television. Uh, I have one last thought. Okay. I got to pull up the actual figures here. But I, I've... I was uh, looking up figures for, because we're at the end of January, uh, what are the top films of the year so far? Uh-huh. Well, to my surprise, they are, um, in, in, in terms of worldwide, number one is Glass. Yeah. Um, that thing has made monster money. Yeah. Number two, Escape Room. Huh. Okay. If you thought that was weird, number three is Dragon Ball Z film, uh-huh. Rolly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, number four is The Upside. And number five is a film that's yet to be released in the U.S. Okay. It just got its release this past weekend. It is already the fifth highest grossing film of the year, worldwide. And that is How to Train Your Dragon 2. Oh, okay. Which pulled in 85 million. You mean three? Three, yes. You said two. Well, I mean also. <laughs> <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon, T-O-O. Yes. How to Train Your Dragon 3 made $85 million overseas this past weekend. And it's not even out yet. And it's not even out yeah. in the U.S., but yeah. that may, that makes it number five worldwide wow. so far. Weird list, but okay. What's weird is that Dragon Ball made over $100 million. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. All right. I thought okay. that was a fun little tidbit. Yeah, let's... Finally move on to television. All right, let's move on to television. We spent like a year on movies. Yeah. Uh, we always start television with sports and uh, brief sports week. Uh, kind of a small week, uh, seeing as the biggest sports moment happened Yeah. last time. But uh, the biggest time, moment for racing fans is about to happen. Yes, but before that, you have it's the NBA All-Star Week. Yes, the, it is currently the NBA All-Star Week. Uh, tomorrow, we get the NBA All-Star Game on Valentine's Day. That's all I'm gonna say about it. I, I don't. I'm not that excited about it. But you also get like the stuff, fun stuff like the dunk. The yeah, dunk we get uh, that's actually tonight. You get the dunk contest tonight yeah. and the three point skills champion. The three point shooting. Is that happening? And then right, the skills. Is that happening right now. It's happening right now. I think we should swap over that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's happening today. It'd be more more fun to watch. Uh, but yeah. Um, you also have something down here called AAF. Yes. There is a... So, look out, NFL. There's a new football on the block. Okay, what one is this? This is the AAF. Athletic as fuck. Uh, oh. Sure. <laughs> is that what it stands for? It's athletic football. <laughs> athletic, ath- athletic ass football. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this is, this is about. Uh, so, so, what is the AAF? This is... Okay. Uh, this is um, this is football on steroids in fast pace. So normal football game, you get about eleven minutes of total action of the whole hour. Sure. Here, the 
everything's go 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 fast fast fast. So it's like it's, a little bit. Okay. It, it moves a lot faster, but it's also not as good because it's not that refined. Also, you're playing with like a bunch of sub players. Or not sub players, but subpar, not yeah. NFL worthy players. Sure. It's fine. It's going to run for now, but it's also going to um, be competing next year with. The XFL, as we previously announced. Right, but uh, but at least 25% less racist. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, that's something. Uh, anything else in sports before we move on? You mentioned something about racing? Um, yes. Uh, on Sunday, it NASCAR season begins with Daytona. Daytona! Yep. Okay. Also, um... The All-Star Weekend is this weekend. I got that mixed up. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's not right now. It's not right now. <laughs> well, how dare you. Okay, let's move on then. Um, let's I knew it was this weekend. Yeah, I knew it was close. Like, it's close. Close enough. Yeah. Television we'll see news. see an ad for it or something. It's time to talk about TV. Okay. Some stuff happened in TV. First up, though. Hey, do you like goop? Like in my hair? I mean, just general, just anywhere. Do you like any kind of goop? Goop is not a good-sounding name for anything. No, I also agree with that sentiment. However, Gwyneth Paltrow loves goop. She loves goop so much, she named her empire of, I guess, fashion and life advice and, like... Pseudo-life advice. Yeah. Well, let's be honest here. called that. Like, I guess it's a website. I don't know. Most of this is new to me. I didn't know about this until about probably six, five to six months ago. I knew about this about four years ago. Jeez, wow, That's okay. only because... Around the goop ground floor. No. Uh, I knew about this because Chris Martin wouldn't stop talking about it. Oh, right, because they were a thing. Yes, this is back when they were a thing. Uh, yeah, Goop uh, is, of course, the Gwyneth Paltrow website. And they are partnering with Netflix to develop a new docuseries that will be released this fall. Yeah, a Goop series. Uh, the show will consist of 30-minute episodes hosted by Paltrow. And they will utilize experts, doctors, and researchers to examine issues around mental, physical, and sexual health. Or, you know, health. health. Or or science. Depending on who you talk to, the stuff in Goop is either, oh, it's so cool, or "Uh, it's super weird and sketchy. It's either, this is very trendy, you should do this, and trust me, I'm Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm a mom. But, yeah, it seems like some, some of this stuff is... Sketchy and may not actually help you at all. Uh, just uh, to... Yeah, but what's actually kind of sketchy is how much Goop's actually worth. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing is Goop raised $50 million in funding last March and is currently valued at $250 million. But that's not all. The company has also entered an exclusive deal with Delta Airlines where you can stream eight episodes of their podcast, for free on Delta Plains. Yes, the podcast will feature Gwyneth Paltrow herself. Yes. And the COO of Goop. Wait, who's the COO of Goop? Uh, that's their only title. There, there's not the one like it's name worthy. Not, it's not, not important. Not, not important. We recognize. No. All right. It just said the COO. The COO. That's of why Goop. I didn't put it down because it didn't say important. The Goop coup. Yeah, but Netflix uh, buying or making deals. Um, as we know, they're going to get rid of, or not on their own accord, 
But uh, all most of their licensing deals will expire within the next couple years. Hmm. Okay. So this is just them trying to edit out their niche of goop users. I don't want to say goop users, just of Goops. interesting content. Sure. It's a unique deal if you're interested in that kind of thing. If you like goop, yeah. here's where you go. To Netflix. Yep. All right, let's move on. Okay. We've been talking a lot about the Academy Awards. Yes. Here's a little bit of news. Uh, more news, I guess, going into the, the telecast here. In addition to all the songs being performed, uh, the aforementioned Best Song nominees, I should say. Yes. Uh, being performed for only 90 seconds. Yes, we mentioned that last week. Well, guess what? There are going to be what they threatened there was going to be four awards that are on the chopping block. Well, okay, chopping block from the broadcast. Yeah, so they will be uh, displayed, I guess you could say, on television, but during the commercial breaks. Uh, the four awards, unfortunately, that have uh, uh, been relegated to uh, side-of-your-screen status are cinematography, oh. film editing, oh. live-action short film, uh. and makeup and hairstyling. Oh. So, cinematography is a big one. I would so say is film editing. so is editing. So is editing. Those are two really rough ones. Yes. We, however, kind of saw at least one of these coming. We had said the shorts. shorts were going to hit. Yes. Like shorts, I, my prediction was shorts and docs were going to be hit first. Right. Um, I think we all said hairstyling and makeup. Uh, I didn't. But uh, I could see why somebody as, would as make that As much as we argument. like it, there's yeah. only, usually only like three films nominated for to it. To be honest, I'd rather see uh, hair and makeup, though, than... The oh, the one Oscar that has always defied my full understanding, which is production design. Okay. I like no, get. I have like a vague idea of what it's about, but it still seems like such a huge, amorphous category. It is that it drives me crazy that they get that they even have it. Like, well, no, pick pick a thing. Like all these things. Like you could even argue that like makeup and hairstyling are part of the, the, the production design. Like, I don't know. It's just such a weird category to me. I would almost want to see it swapped here with makeup and hairstyle. Because <laughs> at least that's something specific you can, like, have a gra- grasp on and be like, oh, that makeup and hair was really good in this movie. Not, like, production design, which is so subjective. It is, because it's everything in the background. It's how the world is built out. It's like, who to say, who's, who's to say that this, like, period piece that's set in, like, Victorian England has better production design than this uh, than this sci-fi movie set on a spaceship. You know, it's like yeah. stuff like that. It drives me crazy. It's like you can't... Well, Black Panther's going to win production design. <laughs> eh, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> that's like that's that's possible. But we'll yeah. See. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this sucks. Uh, yeah. It does. I, I mean, it sucks, especially for cinematography and editing, like you said. They're so key in the filmmaking process that to relegate them... To not even let you see thank you speeches is messed up. Well, the, uh, you won't see thank you speeches, but they'll be available. Yeah, it says the winning speeches for these categories will be aired later in the broadcast and streamed live online via Oscar.com. So, this, but this is also kind of sucky because does that mean I have to have a, my laptop open while I'm watching the show, which is something I probably now have to do yeah. so I can see these things happen in real life? It's like, ah. 
this is a part of the Oscar telecast trying to bring it down to three hours and a relegated time limit. Well, let me tell you... Well, I mean, we'll talk about this in music. But let me tell you about a different award show that went way longer than three hours. (laughs) We'll talk about the Grammys in the music category. Yes. Uh, But, uh, yeah, that sucks. But, yeah, if you want to watch, and we will be watching, it's on... uh, The Academy Awards are on Sunday, February 24th on ABC. Yep, two weeks. Uh... We've said it about three or four times now, but yeah. we'll have our Oscar predictions yeah, so next prediction week. podcast out by then, so you'll yes. be able to see what we think are the winners and see how right or how very wrong we are. To put it into perspective, we hit 24 of 25 last year. And I think that we will do, if not the same, maybe better this year. I think we have a pretty firm grasp on yes. the winners this year, unless something ter- terrifying happens. <laughs> yep. But we'll see. All right, that is it for television news, which means it's time to talk about television we watched. All right. And we both watched the same thing for once. Uh, yes, it was the season finale of MasterChef. No. Uh, sorry, of Hell's Kitchen. No, I didn't watch that. But, oh, uh, but that, that? that did happen. Okay. Uh, the vet beat the rookie because, of course, she did. Of course, she did. Uh, and she now runs Hell's Kitchen in Vegas. Cool. By the way, it's a Hell's Kitchen in Vegas. Hell's Kitchen in Vegas. And I kind of want to go. Okay. <laughs> um, but... The other thing that we watched. Oh, yes. It's time to talk about Russian Doll. Yes. So, so how much of this did you watch before we start? I've seen exactly half of it. So you watched uh, like about five episodes four, of the ten? Four episodes. Four episodes of the There's eight, eight episodes. Right. I've watched four. There are eight episodes you've watched. No. What? I've only watched one. Okay, you've only watched one. I only watched the pilot. Okay. And uh, I'm going to withhold... I want to see what you think about this thing. Okay. So, whenever I watch something like this on Netflix, the first question I ask myself, why does this have to be eight episodes? Why can't this thing be a movie? Yeah. It's the exact reason why I do not like Stranger Things. Uh Uh-huh. That thing can easily be two and a half hours. Yeah, it could have. Except they somehow stretch it to ten hours, and nothing needs to be ten hours. Like... It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no not that much story that you that you have to tell. <laughs> so, uh-huh. watching Russian Doll, yeah, I got that exact feeling in two episodes in. Uh-huh. Like this thing's just repeating itself. Where's my twist? What is happening? And this is this doesn't need to be eight episodes. To be fair, the concept of the show is built around repeating itself. I know. But if it's going to keep repeating itself and not give you a ton of information, yeah. leak it out bit by bit, I don't want to slog through it. But it does a good twist in the third episode. Okay, that's good. A good twist I didn't see coming. And it actually propelled me to, to continue watching the fourth episode. So let's really briefly say what this is. So this is... This is, this is Happy Death Day to you. Eh, kind of. This is Groundhog's Day. Not exactly. This it's is Looper. different from both of those this things. Back to the Future. Involves a lot of the same kind of things, but it's different. It, it's so Natasha Leone's character uh, dies on her birthday. On her birthday, and that's his happy death. Day immediately to you. returns back to where we first saw her at the beginning of the episode, except weirdly aware that she has lived all of this before. She's basically having deja vu that all the things that she's going through have happened before, and that she died. She know she figures out essentially that she has died, and then things get 
presumably weirder from there. Yes. Um, she realizes that she's died and then accepts that and doesn't figure out why she keeps dying. She just wants to continue to the next day. But she can't? Or is that where the twist is? Oh, that's where the twist is. Okay. Okay. Well, don't spoil the twist. But, uh, but yeah, like, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. It's like, it's a, it's, it's a show that, that, that is the hook. If that does not sound interesting, do not watch the show. Yes. <laughs> like, that is, it's trick. Yes. Like I said, if you watched Happy Death Day and you enjoyed that kind of thing where you die, you wake up at a specific point, an arbitrary point, I, I've yet to figure out why this is the exact point. Yeah, the, 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 the show, to, to your point uh, that you watched it to, has not revealed whether the significance yeah. of that location or not. No, it has not. Okay. I, most most, most times that does not actually occur. Yeah. Um, for most, most of it, it's when you wake up, which is what happens in Groundhog Day, what happens in, well, you wake up at 6 o'clock. Right, right, right. And you hear Sonny and Cher. And Happy Death Day, you wake up in the bed, but because it's your birthday. Uh, but so far, I have not reached that point of why this specifically happens to put her back at this exact point in time. Right. I think it's kind of weird and arbitrary, but it does. But at least from a narrator's perspective, it is a good launching point into at least the first time. So yeah. you get to see, you get to see about everything that happens. So, like I said, uh, I'm gonna watch the end of this, and then okay. we'll. So you're gonna see it through. You liked it. You're liking it enough the tw- that you're gonna see it through. The twist got me to want to see what else happened. How? If it wasn't for that, I would have turned it off after the third episode. Yeah, because that's that's my question about this. Is like, how are you liking like the tone of it, the characters, the writing? It's. I kind of enjoy the writing. Okay. It's fast-paced. It's... Oh, I forgot what, what it reminded me of, though. Yeah. Because it's a lot of, like, it's fast-paced, it's snappy dialogue, everything moves, which I like. Nothing just sits and is explained to you. Everything constantly happens. And there's enough stuff happening to make you continue watching. Well, you would think that. <laughs> but you only watched one episode. So here, here, here's my feelings about it. So yeah, I only watched the pilot because that's all about all I could uh, stand to watch. Okay. I didn't like the tone of it. I did not like the writing at all. I something about dialogue like that where it's like you can tell that the writers are like, "Hey, check out how smart we are." Drives me crazy. <laughs> and like that's the vibe I got from. Everything in that first episode, which was just like, we're going to overwrite all of these characters so that you know that we think that these people are smart. Like, we're trying to... They really want you to believe that Natasha Leone character is, like, the, the, like the, the smartest person in the room. Like, she's like she's always got, like, uh, one step ahead of everybody else. She always knows what to say. Like, she, like, even to the point where she very, very quickly and unrealistically figures out the premise of the show yeah. after the first death. I was like, she could not have connected all of these dots. Like, usually if somebody has deja vu, they don't think overthink about it and be like, did I die? No. If somebody has deja vu in real life, you know what they do? 
They shrug Three it seconds off. later, they shrug it off and think, oh, no, now it's normal. Because that's how deja vu really works. Yeah. It's like, I understand that this is a fictional, like, like mystical world that it's setting up. But I just couldn't, I couldn't. When the show, when the show's tone is supposed to be so dark and realistic, I can't get my, like, like lower my, like, uh, disbelief to that point that they need me to, 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 to buy the premise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just have a problem with the, the the tone fighting with the hook like this, and like it did. And I didn't have like I didn't think the jokes were funny enough to really glom onto. There were maybe three or four times where I was like, okay, that's funny, but like it's very much not a comedy, which is something that I was not anticipating. Um, the the trailer for that thing, which I have to admit, got me interested enough to try it out. Okay. I thought that the little Netflix thing trailer that it played was like, oh, okay, this looks really good. I'm going to watch this. But it's not at all totally representative of what that thing actually is. Juno. That's what it reminded me of. Except not really, though, because, like, no. Ju- with, with, the, with Diablo Cody's script in Juno, like, she has a little bit more of a lighter hand with it. It's... It, well, no, no, it's ridiculous. It yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but in a different way. Like the stuff with Juno and I, what I appreciated about that movie over ten years ago now uh, yeah. was that it was it was it was it was overwritten, but in a charming kind of quirky way. This is overwritten in a ugh, gross kind of way. <laughs> At least, again, personally, to me. Well, like I said, this just goes back to my statement of why couldn't this have been yeah. two and a half hours? If this was a movie, I would feel a little better about it. Well, because like, even though I'm halfway through, I still feel like this could have been yeah. a movie. It had to hit that, oh, this needs to be a show. This needs to be eight hours long. And instead, it just feels like it's trying so hard to be a prestige show that they're trying to write it like a prestige show. Instead of just writing, like, what would this character actually... Like, what would a character in this situation actually do and say? Look, it feels <laughs> like I've written this four, these four episodes. Yeah. But Netflix given me eight. Yeah. Netflix so I need to fill four episodes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's made me kind of consider the kind of mo- uh, kind of t- movie. Wow. Freudian slip, Freudian slip there. Uh, what kind of television I actually want to be watching right now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had this, like, moment where, like... Maybe I just don't want to watch dramedies right now. I think I'm at a point in my life where if I want to watch something, like, relatively dramatic, it either has to be super over the top where I can laugh at it, or it has to be so well done, it's a movie and it's called Roma. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just can't do this middle ground anymore. Right. And if I want to laugh at something, there's better comedies out there. So I don't know. It, I, I didn't feel like it was something that I could really get into, and so I stopped. But but yeah, I guess uh, let me know how it turns out. I'll tell you, okay. <laughs> I mean, it got Doctor intrigued into it. Okay. But yeah, we stopped yeah, halfway through. Yeah, I know people who have gotten way into it, but I don't know. All right. Well, my, uh, that's enough pie. talking about Not my piece of pie. I, I kind of figured. Yeah. Which, again, it sucks, because I which, thought which, I was going to like it. Well, you know, it's a female lead actress exactly. who's ball-busting. And I love and Natasha Lyonne. I like her. And so, and it's executive produced by Amy Poehler. It's mm-hmm. like, it's got all these, like, pieces of something that I thought I was going to like. Right. 
and just I just could not get anything to grab onto. Uh, anyways, speaking of stuff to grab onto, yes. Broad City is actually good this season. I heard it's uh, this is a good season, but I have a yes. lot of catch up to do. So, yes. <laughs> and a bunch of other television to watch. So maybe maybe I'll catch up by the uh, by the time the season's over. All right, we'll see. Okay. Well, speaking of seasons being over, yes, it's time for cancellations and renewals. We start with the renewals on Hulu. Hulu has renewed Light as a Feather for a second season. I didn't even know what this was. It's on Hulu. You don't even know what it is. <laughs> Fair enough. Freeform uh, pulled double. Uh, Good Trouble coming back for a second season. And Grownish coming back for a third season. Uh, the Good Doctor over on ABC gets a third season. Are you happy? I'm watching it. Okay. Million Little Things, though, also gets a second season. Not watching it's that. It's That gets a second season. Uh, and we know how you felt about yeah. that. Uh, Shark Tank keeps swimming. 11 seasons on ABC. How much money have they made off those Shark Tank ideas? I think a lot by now. Um, Bachelor in Paradise gets a sixth season. Yes, the it's like it's now fully recovered from that um, sexual assault scandal that happened a couple of years ago. <laughs> Remember that? Nope, and that's why it's back. Yep, fair <laughs> enough. Yikes! Uh, Dancing with the Stars also back, fourteenth uh, season on ABC. Modern Family will be back, of course, for eleventh season, but that will be its last. That's it. Yep. Our family will finally end. Yep, they, they've given it one final season to wrap up whatever storyline they're in. I don't think that's a show that relies on zero storylines, though, so... Nope, it doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll just be another uh, season of hijinks. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I think 11 seasons, that, that show is probably well past its peak at this point. Uh, then Mom, over on CBS, will get two more seasons to add. Yep. To its total, so that will be a seventh and an eighth season on CBS. Uh, also, in case you we were wondering about the fate of another long-running show, well, wonder no more. The Simpsons. Yes, would it wrap up after a clean thirty yeah. years? We thought it was going to be done after thirty, which would have made sense, but no, because Fox has officially greenlit two more seasons. Bringing it to 31 and 32. So we'll have 32 seasons of Simpsons. You know what that means. It's got to be it, right? No, it Ask means it. that they somehow found money yeah. to pay these voice actors. That's insane. Also, this now makes it Disney's problem. Right, I guess. <laughs> technically, yes. Uh, this will be a Disney franchise by the time yeah. it happens. That's crazy. Uh, so we'll see what this like what what it will mean to have a thirty second season of a television show. <laughs> Woof. Uh, meanwhile, in the uh, across the pond, the BBC has renewed a couple of its nature shows. Planet Earth coming back for season three. Yay! But not until twenty twenty two. Aw. Well, it makes sense. They just had Planet Earth two. Right. Meanwhile, Pla- Frozen Planet, the uh, kind of mid... The, the, the mid-spin-off they do. thing. We'll be back in 2021 for a second season. And we may actually have a Frozen Planet by then. Who knows? Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, that's it for cancellations and renewals. Uh, our only death this week, just one. Albert Finney, age 82, who was a British actor. Uh, you don't have any of his roles here. Um, he sounds familiar. It, yes, he definitely... Yes, yeah. that's why I put him on there. I forgot to look him up. Well, good job. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, now this is the part of the show it. where I hand it off because it's time to talk about music. Yes, and we get to talk about, well, before we talk about the Grammys, we've got to talk about some billboards. Yes, the billboard charts. They're kind of like the Grammys uh, that happen every week. Yeah. So, <laughs> who's uh, claiming the top spot this week? Oh, no, I'm asking myself that. Who's claiming the top spot this week? Okay. Um, in the Hot 100, the singles chart, we have Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. That's his third week at number one. Uh, number two is Returning, wow, to yes. uh, Is Happier by Marshmello and Bastille. Yeah, Rose Up the Ranks, uh, the theory. I it, think this is the... Um, is, yes, is the Fortnite. To the Fortnite stream uh, uh, in which uh, Marshmello... Uh, was seen on there. I don't know if Twitch streams count as uh, count into the It's a digital charts, stream. <laughs> but I guess it made enough people think about Marshmallow this week that yeah. it affected the charts. Alright. Uh, number three is Without Me by Halsey. Uh, doing the SNL this past weekend. Yes. Uh, number the four, SNL. The SNL. The SNL. Yes. Uh, <laughs> four is Sunflower, Post Malone, and Sway Lee. Yep. And five, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. Back up, uh, probably following the, uh, the Super Bowl performance. Yeah. Uh, build, as for your albums list, Billboard 200. Back at number one is Hoodie Season. Yeah, I don't know why this came back. With the back. boogie with the hoodie. There's no, uh, There's no reason. like societal reason why this would have happened. No. But here we are. <laughs> number two is I Am Greater Than I Was by 21 Savage. Uh, number three is... Future Hendrix presents The Wizard by Future. <laughs> uh, four is Astro World by Travis Scott. Yep. And five is A Star is Born, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper and various artists. So yeah, just another week where stuff just mixes around. No yes. surprises here. No. Uh, what is surprising is uh-huh. your new releases. All right. What am I listening to this week? I know what you're listening to, but here's what's out. <laughs> hey, we did it. Finally. <laughs> Okay. Uh, first up, we have a song from Canada, an album from Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> hey! With yeah. Head Above Water. She came out with a new single uh, last last year. Wow, it's already been last year. Yeah. It was decent. Well, we all know that this is not really Avril Lavigne. Well, what do you mean? This is the artist that refers to themselves as Avril Lavigne. Oh, uh, did Avril she Levine do that? died, didn't you see? Oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> Anyways, we also have Betty Who with Betty. Uh-huh. Shaka Khan. Yes, that Shaka, Shaka Khan. Khan. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. With Hello Happiness. Oh, hi. We also have Czar Face and Ghost Face Killer uh-huh. with aptly titled... Czar face meets ghost face. Well, hey, that, that, that makes sense. Uh, we also have Florida Georgia Line. Uh, yes, that country song, uh-huh. a country duo, yep. with Can't Say I Ain't Country. That is a title. That is a, okay, that tells me you're a country album. Can't say they ain't. Can't say they ain't. Uh, and lastly, we have Lady Iron with Lady Iron. Sure. I think that's Lady Tron. Yes, Lady Iron with Lady Tron. No. No, it's Lady Tron with Lady <laughs> Tron. <laughs> Third time's a charm. <laughs> uh, All right, cool. So All right. those are your new releases. Yes, and now we get to talk about the Grammys. All right, let's talk about the Grammys. Uh, first off... I wrote this because everything I found for, like, for news stories was just like... 
way too broad, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to write my experience watching this thing. So okay. So, you experienced Album of the Year to Casey Musgrave. Yes! Well deserved. This right? was the big surprise of the night, if you ask me, because... She won we, we one other this. award. Well, no. So she won five awards out of the She won night. a lot. Yes, she yeah. won five Grammys, which is crazy. But yeah, this was the one that mattered. Like, yep. uh, every, I think everybody was surprised, but I was pleasantly surprised. I got called this, but I was the only one who was calling it. So I felt like for sure I was going to be No, no, I was also calling this from a different area code. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, it was surprising and well-deserved. Yes. Um, we have our own thoughts about it, and basically yes. we praised the hell out of it. Yes, you can, you can see, say, <laughs> in you, fact, you our can, thoughts about Casey Musgraves Golden Hour on MediaBookPodcast.com. Yes, you could say it is our album of the year. Yes, you could say that, because it was. Because it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what didn't make any of our list, but yeah, well-deserved Casey Musgraves. Yeah. It's, um, uh, as we called it, a perfect album, if there is such one. Yeah. But That's yeah, up there. It's yeah. up there. Um, who else won? Uh, the other big winner was Childish Gambino, who was not there. Right. Uh, he won uh, for record and song of the year for This Is America. This one surprised me because these are not usually the same song. Uh, record of the year is given to the, the artist. Uh, oh, no, no, producer. Producer. The producer. And song of the it's, year is yeah. the. Obsensibly, it's supposed to be the production the of a song wins uh, record and the writing of a song wins song. song yes. But in this case, the same song won both, which is weird to me. Yep. But here we are. <laughs> uh, R&B album went to her. H-E-R, not yes. her over there. Her. Right. Um, who was pleasantly shocked, even yeah. though like her album was on a bunch of top tens everywhere. Actually, I didn't see anything about this until the Grammy nominations okay. came out, so I didn't know. I mean, it is also like your first big Grammy win, so yeah. it, it like I think she was like overly shocked though when she won. I, there is such a thing, yeah. But you know, you're also where you also win one, right? It, it's yeah. A rap album went to Cardi B. This was good. This was a good surprise because she basically, in a year that was stacked with dudes, yep. uh, Cardi ended up uh, uh, taking it and, yeah, was equally astonished, kind of in the same way that her was. Uh, and created probably my favorite quote of the entire night where she's, she's uh, struck by nerves and she's trying to like figure out what to say. And she was like, man, I guess I should really start smoking weed, huh? <laughs> Which was funny. And Best New Artist went to Dua Lipa. Yeah, this but, is another surprise. Yeah, but uh, as with the Grammys, there are a lot of performances. Right. And maybe uh, too many performances? Uh, yeah, the show went long, and that is because, yes, there were a lot of performances, a lot of different kinds of things. Yes. So, uh, Jennifer Lopez? Uh <laughs> The tribute to Motown? Yeah, I have a question mark here after Jennifer Lopez because weird choice Yeah, uh, to um, uh, have a, in your uh, Motown tribute, but uh, questionable uh, uh, choice of, 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 of race uh, notwithstanding, uh, it was an entertain- entertaining performance. It was, yeah. so, yeah. 
I did wonder though why they had a basically show stopping Motown performance in the middle of the show. Well, no, <laughs> not just that, but then a couple like a half hour later have a second show stopping performance uh, by well, what was her name? 70th birthday. Are you thinking of the Diana, Diana Ross? Diana Ross, stuff? yeah. Yeah, the Diana Ross. Stuff. Because you didn't have it right down here. It did seem weird. But yeah, because it wasn't my, one of my personal highlights. No, I didn't think it was a highlight. I didn't think it needed to be there. Yeah, it, it seemed, there was a lot of weird choices this year. Mm. They made some choices. Yeah. Anyways, Casey Musgraves performed Rainbow, and it was beautiful. Yes, that was great. Um, she put well, alongside Dolly Parton. Yes, along uh, also with also with uh, uh, Janelle Monae and uh, Brandi Carlile in yeah. a different a different um, performance. Yeah, I should say. Yes, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, those were kind of the good ones, and then there were some stinkers. Yeah, uh, the opener, Havana na 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 na. And then Post Malone and Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I walked Ugh. out of the room for. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't blame you. That was that was kind of painful. Uh. But yeah, overall, um, I mean, I was kind of telling, talking to you briefly about this off the podcast. But my overall feeling about this year was opposite of last year. Yeah. Last year we went in thinking like, oh man, the the nominations are actually really good. Like these, there's good winners could come out of this thing. And then the actual show, freaking boring. This year reversed that. The nominations looked really terrible, and I was gearing myself up to hate it. And then I actually watched it, and you know what? There was enough entertaining stuff and enough surprises where I was like, yeah, okay, this was not a waste of my time. You know, normally when I watch the Grammys and they say who the best um, best album is, I'm like, you're going to learn, like, really? Yeah. That's who you pick? Right. I guess because I actually listened to the album prior to it, <laughs> I wasn't... As either shocked or either more shocked. I don't think it's easy to be both. But, like, <laughs> I knew that's what should have won. And then the fact that it did win kind of, like, made me appreciate the win more. Rather than just having, like, yeah. say, Janelle Monet win. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know the Academy, like, the recording artists love you. And good that you win. But then I don't really feel anything from it. Yeah. And to be fair, Casey Musgraves is a Grammy favorite. That has already been established. The difference is, is that this year, it's easier to be like, yeah, no, that actually makes sense this time. You're right. Like, not only did they pick a predictable winner, but it was a predictable, it was the right predictable winner. Because, yeah, I liked Janelle, Janelle Monet's album as well last year, but it was not as good as Golden Hour. Right. Like, so I'm glad that the right one won. And I'm glad we're not sitting here like last year wondering why uh, Bruno Mars, or I guess this year's equivalent would have been Post Malone, yeah. <laughs> uh, won in a sea of competitions. So, right. So yeah, overall, uh, pretty solid year. Uh, even though the Grammy's still a lot to work with, uh, work on with categories and winners and everything, it was a step in the right direction, I think, for this year's show. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, it was an entertaining show. It was. It was entertaining. It was fun to watch, which I oh, didn't expect. Speaking, but I think we do need to talk about the elephant in the room. That was Alicia Keys hosting. She was weird. She had a weird vibe to that whole thing. She played it really fast and loose. And by loose, I mean we'd come back from commercial and yeah. she'd be talking to the audience or doing something else. And I don't know how much that is Alicia or how much of that is the direction. Because the direction was really terrible. 
Like, there were a lot of moments where it was just like, wait, what? Why is somebody, like, why are we cutting to this? Or why is this uh, cameraman clearly running into things on the stage trying to do this tracking shot? It was just, like, really awful throughout. Well, there was, well, so, there's one part where, um, where, uh, Charles Gambino won. Yeah. But, because they didn't know that he was gonna win. Oh, yeah. They had the really awkward moment of... They followed... Following Alicia Keys <laughs> to, the, out. to the standing point. there was no cut. Yeah. She was expecting a cut. Yeah. It's just some weird, weird uh, direction choices. Something was happening up in the booth. <laughs> that whole thing, <laughs> I guess. Anyways. Alright, let's move on. There's more in music this week, uh, not just there, the Grammys. I know. So, we have a follow-up... Yes, this is a follow-up story. Uh, to 21 Savage. 21 <laughs> Savage. Yes. All right, so rapper 21 Savage, uh, who was arrested earlier this month by ICE uh, due to visa violations, yep. was released on bond yesterday pending a deportation hearing. Uh, in a statement, attorneys Charles H. Cuck, Whoa. great name, and Tina LaPolte, also a great name, and Alex Spiro, probably the best name there, <laughs> uh, on, said on the uh, rapper's behalf, quote, uh, for the past nine long days, we, on behalf of Shia bin Abraham Joseph, or, you know, 21 Savage, yeah, you could just, just say, uh, have been speaking with ICE on both clarify his, uh, to both clarify his actual legal standing, his eligibility for bond, and provide evidence of his extraordinary contributions to his community and society. Uh, in the last 24 hours, in the wake of the Grammy Awards, at which he was scheduled to attend and perform, uh, we received notice that Shia, or 21 Savage, was granted an expedited hearing. And as of today, 21 Savage was uh, granted a release on bond. He's only one his freedom? So, yeah, he's out... It- this was weird, and I included this quote because I wanted to see if you could make sense of it. Like, I'm not 100% sure exactly how or what expedited his case. I don't know if this is just all a big, like, hint, hint, there was some money involved or what. I don't know what, what was happening. Either somebody, like, dropped a crap load of money and then just made this happen, happen or the public outcry finally got to him. It's like, probably and, public outcry. Yeah, I don't know, but it's, like, super, super weird. I don't know. But, yeah, I thought it was just, like, important to just kind of follow up the previous story and be like, well, he's out. He's free. Uh, I did want to note, uh, one of the things that didn't happen that I thought was going to surely happen, and a lot of people on the internet did, too, at the Grammys was a lot of outcry about 21 Savage, but only one person mo- mentioned him in the entire show. Really? Weirdly not... Post Malone, who yeah. has a uh, has a song collaborating with him, so yeah, it was it was very weird that that was uh, not a topic of conversation during the uh, ceremony. But now he's free, so uh, he's out amongst the people again, which is good. And hopefully, something stupid like this won't happen again. Oh, it'll happen but again. It will, because that's the world we live in now. All right. But that's pretty much it for that story. Okay. Well, you have some music to, that you listen to, then. Uh, I do. Yeah, I listen to a couple things. So, you listen to the new Backstreet Boys album, Dinner. 
So, I was supposed to. Okay. I still did not. You still did not. I wrote that last night thinking that I was going to, and I totally forgot today. It was a busy, busy day, and so I didn't realize that that was something I had to do. And so, yeah, I still have not listened to that Backstreet Boys album. I know I I have to. I will get to it. I promise. Next week. Okay. But uh, you did listen to Ariana Grande's Thank You, Comma, Next. But I did listen to Thank You, Next. Uh, okay. Which so, next week's number one record. So, not the song, yes. but the actual album. The album Thank You, Next. So this is, of course, uh, Ariana Grande's full-length follow-up to Sweetener. And it's different. Uh, it comes out right, right from the top. Like, no, it's not a direct follow-up to Sweetener in tone or in sound. It is... Her uh, kind of a more like diaristic kind of tone. The songs are very much uh, about her and her own like like experience. It's definitely the most like authored of any of her records so far. Uh, the songs there aren't as many big single like like real big jams. Like she's not going for big radio hits this time. Instead, it's a little bit more more subdued. Uh, there's a couple songs like uh, the the one of the highlights is a song called NASA, where it's basically this ode to needing some space, and basically asking asking who he, uh, she's with to be like, no, nah, no, nah, I, I need some me time, but uh, with some really great uh, space metaphors to go with it. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, sure. Now this album did come like very quickly. Does it feel rushed? No. Actually, surprisingly, no, it doesn't. It sounds like something she spent a lot of time on, which is weird because uh, it just feels, yeah, it doesn't feel like that there was uh, there was any rush, but it also doesn't feel like it, there was like much. It feels very effortless for something that is as well produced as it is, and that the fact that she's at a point in her career where she can kind of just toss off something that sounds this good is kind of amazing. Uh, the singles uh, that would be uh, "Thank You Next" and uh, uh, Seven Rings" and Seven Rings" are on this record as well, but they're kind of relegated to the back end of it, almost as if uh, the actual album here came later, like formed itself fully, and she felt like she needed to put the singles on at the end, kind of almost as honorary bonus tracks. That's definitely how this thing feels. Is it's like it's a very cohesive whole, and then you have like three or four songs at the end that feel like very much like here. These are the the stuff we've either already put out or the stuff that sounds like something that could have been on Sweetener, including the uh, the the one that we had hinted at a couple weeks ago with the track list. Uh, break up with your boy. Gr- break up with your girlfriend. I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> it ends up being kind of more of like a like a kind of poppy kind of like something that would have felt more at home on sweetener than it does with the rest of the songs but yeah a lot of very like orchestrate like a lot of orchestrated sounds a lot of like uh, there's there's a uh, some really good balladry here it's like it's very very good uh but yeah i ended up liking it more than sweetener at the end of it really uh which is i think going to be uh, controversial because I think this will be a very divisive album because of it. I think the fact that she's not focusing on like the like the no tears left to cry style 
huge hits is going to disappoint a lot of people who really, really liked that kind of thing. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how people will uh, will treat it, but I certainly enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to this one, unlike I listened to Sweetener. It just doesn't... I'm just not a big Ariana Grande yeah. fan. That's fair. Yeah. But, we do have other stuff. We just have video games still to talk about. Yes, that does it for music, but we have Taco yeah. Games. I mean, I did listen to Golden Hour again because it did win the album. I year. did as well. Still holds up. <laughs> still, still good. It's still, still great. Turns out. Yeah. I don't need to tell you that. I, 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 I mainly did it to help uh, the numbers, so hopefully it gets yeah. up to number one. Right. The Grammy bump. Hopefully. Alright. But, but we have video games to talk about. Alright. Last tell section. Tell me about here. video games. Well, I'll tell you about the new games that are coming yeah, out. Yeah, why first. are you coming out? Well, first, we have Code, colon, Realize, uh, Tilde, Winter Tide Miracles, and Tilde. <laughs> this is a PlayStation and Vita game. This, writing this made me laugh so much. <laughs> uh, we also have Civilization VI, colon, Gathering Storm for the PC. Uh, for all you Civs. This is an expansion to Civ Six. Yep. Ah. Uh, Civ's good. Civ's always a good yeah. game. Uh, that Metro Exodus game is finally out. Yeah, Metro Exodus. For PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. On the Epic Not Game that PC. Store. <laughs> yes, Epic Game Store PC. Yep. Exclusive. Uh, we also have Far Cry colon New Dawn for PlayStation, yes. Xbox, and uh, PC. That is a standalone game set after the events of um, Far Cry 5. It's a thing that was shown off at the Game Awards. Right. Uh, we also have Dragons, colon, Dawn of New Riders for PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. This is your movie tie-in with the How to Train Your Dragon 3. Oh, okay. So this yeah. is the movie tie-in. This is yeah. what that is. Okay. It's just called Dragons then? Yeah, Dragons. Because okay. that that branding carries with the uh, Netflix television show, oh, which is also Dragons, dragons colon, something-something. Yeah, Race to the Edge or right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and... Finally, it's here. Yes. Well, after long await, right. Death End Re Colon Quest <laughs> for the PlayStation. It's not a colon, sir. That's a semicolon. Well, I'm semi interested. <laughs> Speaking of semicolons, yeah. Stain semicolon Gate Elite for PlayStation Switch and Maybe it's PC. Stein's Gate, but I don't Steins, know for sure. Stones. Stain. Stein's. Stain's. Stein's Gate. Alright. So I don't know what either of these games are. They sound super Japanese. Uh, they look super Japanese. Yeah. But uh, the game you probably want to play. Yes. The long-awaited Terry Crews starring vehicle may or may not actually be full of bugs. Crackdown 3 for the Xbox and PC. Yes, after three delays? Yeah. Crackdown 3 is finally out uh, this week. And I will be checking this out because... Uh, Members of the um, um, uh, Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass, get access to the campaign for free. So I will be checking out uh, Crackdown 3. In fact, uh, in case you like their Crackdown uh, games, I have uh, some advice for you. And if you own an Xbox One, Crackdown, the original Crackdown, is free right now on Xbox One. Wait, it's free? Is it's it? Do I need Xbox Live to get it? I don't know. Uh, because I have Xbox Live, I can't tell you. 
But for me, um, and presumably for people in my position, it is not a Game Pass game. You just go to its page. If you search Crackdown, go to the page for Crackdown and click Get More on the the price, or or see price, I think it is. Uh, It'll just say free. No. And I was able to download it, and I played played some of original Crackdown this week. Still holds up. Oh. It's still fun. Is it still blocky? It's actually it looks okay. They upresed it, and the nice thing about the cell shading look of that original game is that it upreses really well. Okay. It looks pretty good on this TV. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, Crackdown One, uh, catch it. Okay. <laughs> Get yourself prepared for the third one. But yeah, I guess I'll talk about that next week. I may red box that if it's available. Yeah, we'll see. Crackdown's like an over-the-top action game. Yeah, and I like It's I a liked world Crackdown. game that doesn't take itself too seriously. No, it, it's... I would say it's the Saints Row of Xbox. But no, Saints Row is the Saints Row. Saints Row is the Saints Row of Xbox. Because <laughs> that wasn't an exclusive. Yeah. Uh, speaking of exclusives, though, we have exclusive news coming straight out of Irvine. Okay. Which is not, uh, you know, this is heartbreaking, too. But Blizzard... Yeah. Well, it's not just Irvine, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Well, Activision Blizzard is laying off about 800 employees. Yeah, it's rough. It's 8% of its 9,600-person staff. Um, as it refocuses its efforts on its Call of Duty, Candy Crush, Overwatch, Warcraft, Hearthstone, and Diablo franchises. A.K.A. the stuff they can microtransaction the hell out of. Yeah. Uh, Activision called the move a deprioritizing of initiatives that didn't meet expectations. In other words, <laughs> they got rid of Destiny, so all the extra developers they had helping them yeah. didn't need to be employed. This is really rough. Yeah. Make it more rough. CEO Bobby Kotick said that the cuts would come from support staff while the company consolidates its commercial operations and reorganizes its marketing initiatives. Uh, Activision will be instead investing more in live services, Battle.net, esports, and advertising efforts. Uh, we saw this yeah. kind of coming. So, the big picture story here uh, is kind of twofold. One, it's um, in response to kind of an overall uh, disappointing forecast for the entire video games industry. Uh, Activision is not the only one affected by this. This week we had stories about Mm -hmm. 2K also uh, failing to meet expectations. We had Sony talking about lower PlayStation sales than they had forecasted. And then now today, Nintendo, before their Direct, also there was a story out today about how they have uh, had lower uh, than expected forecasting for Switch sales that they then blamed on themselves, saying that them they as a company did not do a good enough job of selling the Switch to people. I don't think that's true. I just think this is just right now, we're just at a low point for the industry. The second half of this, though, is a lot of people talking about how live games, like your Fortnites of the world, mm-hmm. are changing up the game. You mean the, system. the free games? Yeah. What we're seeing right now is a game that's as big as Fortnite is finally digging into actual console sales. When you have a game that you don't necessarily need an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Switch to play that you can play on your phone. I say people play (laughs) Fortnite on their phone. Yeah. 
it's becoming less and less lucrative to have something like that. And if it's the biggest game in the nation right now, then that's what people are going to be focusing on for the time being. That does not necessarily mean, however, that company should be laying off 8% of their staff in response. Yeah. Uh, they did a, a, an additional follow-up to the story, though, today that I saw uh, real briefly on the Activision uh, front. Activision also shut down the San Francisco office of King Games. They have a Candy Crush. Candy Crush. Uh, this does not mean that King is done making games, of course. They have other no. studios. They're a foreign studio. Uh, but the San Francisco office, though, did get shut down. So... It looks like there's just a lot of restructuring happening in this company right now. And yeah, it sucks that a lot of people had to had to bite it for them to give Bobby Kotick another bonus. I know. Well, so he made $30 million in that yeah. bonus. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's still laying off 800 people. It doesn't make any sense. And it sucks that we have uh, expectations now in corporate culture that the CEO keeps getting paid ridiculous bonuses when your lowest of lowest workers gets get all all lose their jobs. It's like the fact that that is a normal thing that we just kind of just like just throw off and be like, oh yeah, and that's how companies work. That sucks and that's messed up. But here we are. Yeah. So. Anyways, speaking of Sony and yes. E3, uh, Sony's decision to drop out of E3 this is uh, a resulted story in, as well. Yeah, resulted in loss of an impact. Uh, Wait, well, well, let's rephrase that. So, so this is the Sony finally is clarifying why they are uh, not attending E three. We had yes. kind of been guessing for a while what the reasons might be. Finally, now here is a statement saying why they believe they did not need to appear. Right. Quote: uh, When we decided to take video games out of CES back in 1995 during the PlayStation One era, uh, E three served to constitute constitute. Wow. Constituencies. What? Constituencies. Con- what? Con- constituencies. Constituencies? That thing. <laughs> All right, that was fun. Keep going. <laughs> uh, retailers and journalists. Uh, yeah. A trade show yeah. uh, at the time of year uh, for the nascent industry was exactly what we needed to do. Yeah. Now we have an event in February called Destination PlayStation where we bring all retailers and third-party partners to come and hear stories, the story of the year. This is their PlayStation Direct that they would do in December. Right. This is their, this is their event. They've grown to such a big enough company where they can do events like this, where they are the sole spotlight. They no longer have to share it. Yeah. They're so, not gabbing for eyes or ears. Right. So there are two kind of competing theories about why. Um, Sony wasn't going to show up. And this is them confirming the first of the two. Which was, yeah, it's like they finally realized like they don't need E3 anymore. They have their own company events that they get to hog the spotlight for. So they don't need to share the spotlight with all the rest of the companies at the E3 short floor. Mm-hmm. They're basically admitting, and the first of the big three to do so, I guess second technically if you count Nintendo, even though Nintendo's still on the show floor. It is. Uh, but, but yeah, they're, they're the first ones to be like, yeah, no, uh... It's not the same show that it was back in the, the 90s and 2000s. It's like not the biggest thing in the world anymore. We can make the biggest thing in the world whenever we want, is basically what they're saying. It well, is, they've seen how Nintendo deals right. with their direct. Uh, and they've put on these PlayStation events 
over the course of the past five years. Right. So there is no need for E3. They no longer have to wait for the summer to show off what yeah. they want. The one thing that isn't mentioned here, though, is theory number two, which is they're gearing up for a new console next year. Uh, That's still not something that Sony is ready to talk about. However, would not be surprised that if they do, when they do eventually get around to a PlayStation-centric event this year, I bet they mention that it exists. Well, it'd be the, their big exclusive to make people watch. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I bet that's coming. All right. And that brings us to the thoughts. Well, I yes. platinumed up Kingdom Hearts. You did it! I did it. You did it. I did it. Congratulations. It, it felt self-worthy. Uh-huh. Um, going to play through it again for the story. And then going. I bought the uh, all-in-one, so I'm going to play through all the games. Because mm-hmm. that's literally the only game I need to play this year. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> all right. Uh, did you play anything? Yeah. I mean, I played some of Crackdown. Yeah, okay. But then I've also gotten really into, uh, I don't know how this happened, uh, but I've gotten really into the online Pokemon trading card game. Oh. Mobile? <laughs> Which I've played before. Like, now I'm playing on my computer, okay. but like, i played it before and it never really grabbed me. For some reason, this time it's really got me, where I'm spending in-game currency. Not real world money yet, but spending in-game currency on cards and I'm like okay. actually trying to get into like the meta and I'm actually competitive. Oh. Like I'm okay. winning a lot. Like, freaking... Like, AI story mode or people? No, no, real people. Oh. Like, I'm playing Versus a lot, and there's, like... It's set up really cool. Like, there's a lot of in-game rewards that you can get as long as you just keep going. And, yeah, it's it's addictive. Okay. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) I feel like that's not really new, even though it's something... It's not. I've dabbled dabbled into it back and forth. It's fun. But, yeah, it's fun. It's, It's really grabbed me this time. I don't know why. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. That's it. That, that brings us to the end. I'll play Crackdown next week. All right. I'll probably play it if I can. But uh, let's plug away. All right. Yeah, that does it for video games, which means that does it for the Media Boat Podcast. So let's plug it. Uh, if you want to see us live and when we record the show, we record on Wednesday nights, uh, sometime around 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. You can find us on YouTube.com. Just search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find us. You can also listen to the uh, the audio version of the podcast as well. We're Media Boat Podcast on Apple Podcasts, as well as other RSS feed-driven ones that grab the RSS feeds from the Apple Podcasts. Uh, so yeah, uh, just search Media Boat and you'll find us. You can also find us on the internet elsewhere on social media. Twitter, we're at, at Media Boat Cast. Uh, Facebook, we have a page. Just search Media Boat Podcast to find it. Twitch.tv, sometimes we stream... Video games, including uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts Three, which uh, which people probably watched you finish up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, twitch.tv slash mediaboat, where you can find that. Um, we can also be found on Patreon if you want to help us out with money. As little as a dollar a month can help us make content even better than we already have. Just uh, go to patreon.com slash mediaboat to donate, and uh, that'll do it. We'll see you guys next week. For another proper edition of the Media Boat Podcast. Uh, and like I said, oh, like we said earlier, we'll also have a special podcast at some point, probably recorded, not live, uh, for you with our predictions for the Academy Awards before they happen. So look forward to both those things. And we'll see you guys next time. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back. Goodbye. All right. Bye. bye.